Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, 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 hallelujah, praise the Lord, have a phenomenal day, all of those great salutations that come when you are in the presence of God, when you are just bubbling over with joy and happiness, you tend to look at life through different eyes and different lenses. My name is Elder Coilette James, and I would like to take this time to welcome you to the It's Real Radio Talk Show, where we deal with real talk on real issues and where the spirit of the living God is always free to have his way. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. And as always, I have my incredible, wonderfully talented, phenomenal sister in the Lord with us. Sister Tanya Roberts, how are you, my love? You know what? I'm always excited. I believe I look forward to every time I come on this show to hear you say that so I can feel good about me, and I'm so grateful (laughs) for you, and I love you, beautiful. How are you today? I am phenomenal. You know, as I was doing your introduction, I thought to myself, when I say how talented you are, some people are unaware of your vocal abilities. And one day we're going to have to treat the audience to a little taste of what you have. You know what, sis? I love you for saying that. I thank God because lately the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about the many multifacets of things that he's blessed me with. And I'm so grateful. And I want to tell everybody, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. God has new things that he's offering up for all of us to trust in him. Amen. 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 Truth, truth, truth. Well, how has your week been, my sister? You know what? I thank God today. Today is a Sunday. I like everybody to think uh, on Sundays, it, it reminds me of soul food. And what I've been getting to do is just what I know how to do and be able to bless the ones that God put in my pathway, give them something to eat. Bless them with something awesome, and that's what I'm doing today. I'm making frying some catfish, y'all, making I'm some coming. greens, mustard greens. <laughs> you can come on with some spinach. I'm making some cornbread. I made some homemade macaroni and cheese. You know what I'm trying to say, and I made – it's just awesome. Come on. Come on, everybody come over, because that's what it's about, getting together and loving each other. Amen? It is. It is. And, y'all, let me tell you something. My sister throws down, in case y'all don't know. The girl can flat out cook, and she likes to do it. (laughs) So I think that makes all the difference in the world. When you have somebody that enjoys what they're doing, there's there's that element of love that goes into it, and you definitely, definitely possess that. And so, yeah, (sighs) I guess I came home just a little too soon, girl, because if I was in Atlanta, I'd just go ahead and hit that highway and come go get me something to eat. I know well, you better come out. You family, and you always get the top of the crop with me. Amen. Okay. okay. But since since I have made my way back to the good old heat in Las Vegas, can't just jump on the road and come get something. But you know what? I'm thankful to be home. I had not been home in a month, and um, so yeah, it's good to be home. It is good to be home for however long the Lord leaves. Well. That being said, you know what? I woke up this morning and um, 
you know, we have both had some things going on in our families with our children and, and different things and different stages of life that they go through. Yours are a little younger than mine, but even in the age <laughs> that mine are in, it, it's like I, I had a conversation with my son on Thursday upon my return, and it was like, you know, the things that you've been doing is really out of the ordinary because my son is actually um, to be 40. Oh my God. He'll be 48 or no. Yeah. He'll be 48 next month. Um, And so normally, you know, when you get to that midlife crisis age or whatever, half of the, you know, the dumb stuff that people do is like in the past and they usually do it in their early twenties. But he has waited till he got into his 40s to kind of trip. Um, but I thank and praise God for deliverance. I thank and praise God for no matter what age we are, our God is still yet there. And with his hand out, with loving arms to say, come on home. So there is no thing, no such thing as you being too old to be the prodigal to come home. So I want to just put that out there for everybody. So, but anyway, in the having that conversation, um, it just, it just, dawned on me how blessed we are to have the God that we have um, who walks us through situations that we go through at each and every stage of life, no matter what age, you know, no matter what age, you could be 90 and and all of a sudden just kind of had a lapse of of rational thinking and do something really stupid, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yet and still, our God is is ever present. And so um, my home, my son is at my home. He's been here since um, Wednesday night, and he had not been here in three months. And um, and so I remember, like the next day, and I'm I'm being transparent, guys. I'm, I'm gonna share a little something, something um, that I hope you are mature enough to hear and understand. But um, so when I got home, I got home probably about 1 a.m. Thursday morning because my flight came in really, really late. And when I came in, he was asleep. Um, I had told my daughter earlier that day that um, she told me he had called and he was hungry. And so um, I told her when she took him something to eat, find out if he had some place to stay and if not, to bring him home. And so she did. She brought him home. And when I came home, I didn't bother him. He was asleep. But where I, I noticed his position of where he positioned himself, because in the time since he's been gone, I had rented out his room. It was just like, hey, you know, you need to get out here and and, and deal um, with some things or get some help or do some things because there was some stuff going on that I had been dealing with with him for two years and it had just came to the place of drawing the sand, the line in the sand and said, I will not enable you to do this any longer. If you're going to do it, you will not do it here. So that being said, um, I noticed when I came in that where he positioned himself, the home that I'm staying in right now, it's it's a fairly large home upstairs down family room, living room, like a lot of space. And so I expected to come home and see him on the couch since somebody else was occupying his his old room. But instead, I found him in the farthest corner possible in my living room, on the side, on the floor, on the side of the couch. And I recognized when I saw that, that he came back in shame. And so he wanted to hide himself, though he did not want to be outside any longer or without a place to lay his head, per se. But he still, even in coming home, he found the farthest corner where it was like he could almost just be hidden, even though he was home. And God began to deal with me with that thing. And I didn't talk to him. Like I said, I didn't wake him up then. I finally, um, I didn't actually talk to him until later on that next afternoon. He slept all that night, all that day. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had somebody that's really been out there. When they come home, they're very tired. They're, they're very, very tired. And um, so I let him sleep. And I finally, I woke him up later that evening just to talk. Um 
we had a very good conversation and what have you. But I realized that other members of my household, even though I had him come home, they were still harboring some things within themselves. And uh, and I got ready to leave with one of these these members, and my son spoke to the person. Person barely spoke back, and my son said, "Can I talk to you?" And the person said, "I don't have time right now." And it hurt me, but I understood because of what had transpired in the past. I understood. I understood the hurt on in that person. I also understood the courage it took for my son to even try to have a conversation with this individual. And um, and so I left with the individual. Actually, we went to go get something to eat, and we're sitting. And, um, and I literally, I couldn't shake it. And I actually, I had tears in my eyes because I, I heard the pain that my son felt when he was jilted, so to speak. Not also recognizing that, knowing that this individual definitely had reason not to want to communicate or to have issue. So, you know, it wasn't like it was not warranted by man's standards. But God's standard is so different. And so as I sat at this table across from this individual and I had tears in my eyes and I actually could not focus and look at this person. Um, and, and it wasn't out of anger to that person. Cause like I said, I understood, <clears throat> but I was just, I was just trying to grasp. And this is what I said. I said, um, I understand that you don't want my son home right there right now. I said my son's name at the time. I said, I understand you don't want him there right now. And I said, and I get it. I, I did. It, it wasn't like, you know, I was angry at that person or whatever. I said, I get it. I said, but I'm his mother. And as his mother, I do not have the luxury of holding on to anger about a material thing or something that happened. I have to be more concerned for his life, literally, than about any incident that happened. And the person said, I understand. I I absolutely understand that. And so we left him alone, and I didn't say anything else about it. Um, Long story short, the next day, um, the person was in the kitchen, and and my son mustered up again enough courage to go in there and ask for forgiveness. Um, and the individual was receptive and, you know, and, and accepted and what have you. That led me to this morning. Yesterday, God put on my heart to tell my son I wanted him to come to church with me today. And he agreed. And so this morning... Even before we left for church, I texted you, Tam, and I told you our topic today was going to be redemption. Now, this was before we went to the church. This was before I just knew in my heart God was going to do something. But I just knew that there are far too many people that are out here that really don't embrace, don't recognize, and don't understand the depth of redemption and really, really what that means. They don't understand the depth of, it's not that serious. Whatever has happened, it is not so serious that you completely shun that other individual and hold on to your grudges and your anger because you never, ever know when it's going to be the last time you see that person. You see, my one of my closest friends in life, and, and you know her, um, Tanya, just buried her son a month ago. And, and our children were only a year apart. She and my age is a year apart. Our children were one year apart. So the son she buried was just one year older than my son. We both had our children at 14 years old. So it's like, you know, 
when you think about the shortness and the, the, the fragileness, let me put it that way, of life, when you start to think about things in those terms, then you have to get to a place where some stuff just doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't matter. It's like no matter how much somebody has messed up, no matter how much has transpired between you and a person, an individual, I don't care if it's mother, brother, sister, father, child, whatever, holding on to that grudge is not that serious. It is not that serious. doesn't mean that, you know, you weren't angry. doesn't mean that you are trying to justify the wrong that that person did because you're not. But no matter what, you have to understand about the mercies of God. So now we go to church this morning. If I tell you God showed up and showed out in that service, and it was a service of deliverance, and there was a reason why he told me, to have my son go because God needed to work in him. And there was some things spoke to him about him. And, and, and it it just, it was so profound because it dealt with the fact of him not wanting to live anymore. It dealt with the suicide tendencies. It dealt with the guilt and the shame and, and even, you know, and it wasn't just him. It was like the Lord spoke to him and to so many other people. And, and we literally, we had a deliverance service and demons were, were cast out of people. And it was just, it was one of those services that it, it wasn't church as usual. It wasn't. But what it was, was the sure mercies of God stepping into that place and stepping into the hearts and the minds of the people to set them free, to make them whole. You know, God doesn't fix it. He makes it whole. He makes it as if it wasn't broke. You know, people can fix something, but sometimes you can still see the residual of where that repair took place. But when God steps into the mix, he makes it whole. And so as the service went on and when I came back home today and I started preparing for our show, and I I just still was hearing about redemption, redemption, redemption. And so I went to Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and I looked up redemption because I saw it, you know, the regular definition in the dictionaries we use right now. But something says, no, go to the 1828, and I did. And the very first line, the very first line says, repurchase, repurchase of captured goods or prisoners. That's the first line, repurchase of captured goods or prisoners. And then the next part goes on, the act of procuring the deliverance of persons or things from the possession and power of captors by the payment of an equivalent ransom release as the redemption of prisoners taken in war, the redemption of a ship and cargo. Now, that's just in the first definition. There are six different definitions laying here. But but that, that, that first line, the repurchase of captured goods or prisoners, and, and I thought about it. How do you repurchase something unless it was yours to begin with? And I thought about the goodness of God and all of his glory and the fact that he knew that we, each and every one of us, would go astray at some point in time in our lives, not once, not twice, but repeatedly over the course of our lives. We mess up, but he is there in redemption to repurchase. You see, we get captured. We get captured by so many different things. We get captured by the ways of this world. We get captured by our our lustful thoughts. We get captured by the enemy. We get captured by so many things. We get captured by the pressures of life. And we become prisoners to those things that take us captive. But God is our redemption. He is that one that repurchases. 
back into himself what is already his. We belong to him. We belong to him. So he takes back that which is his. The second, the second definition says deliverance from bondage, distress, or from liability to any evil or forfeiture, either by money, labor, or other means. The deliverance from bondage. And and, and it was just, I'm like, God, you are just so incredible because like I said what happened this morning was a deliverance service it was healing it was making whole it was the setting of the captives free it was God's redemptive power in action in action I'm going to skip over the the 3, 4, and 5 and I want to go to number 6 The sixth definition in Webster's 1828 Dictionary says, in theology, the purchase of God's favor by the death and sufferings of Christ, the ransom or deliverance of sinners from the bondage of sin and the penalties of God's violated law by the atonement of Christ in whom we have redemption through his blood. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. My pastor spoke a word over me today and he said that the sure mercies of God were mine. You have no idea because I'm going through my own struggles and my own things and, and to know that the sure mercies, not not fake and phony and not, you know, I'm going to bless you today and curse you tomorrow, but the sure mercies, those mercies that stand through the test of time, the sure mercies of God that only belong to us to whom have been redeemed. So today, I just I just wanted to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in dealing with redemption. Knowing that we have been redeemed, not just from the enemy that we know about, but from the enemies from within us, the enemies from our thoughts, the enemies from our heart where there's unforgiveness, the enemies that would hold us captive. And not allow us to appreciate the goodness of God. My pastor started off this morning talking about joy, talking about how many of his children, God's children, have been separated from their joy. And what we don't recognize and and take hold to is that the word of God says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If we allow the enemies of this life to come in and steal our joy, he takes our strength. He drains us. And then once we're drained, that's when we're most vulnerable. It is at that point in time that the captive captor will come in to try and take captive that which belongs to God, our joy, our peace, our soundness of mind, all the things that God has freely given to us. When we give up our joy, we give all of that up because we cannot focus, we can't center in on all that that God has graced us with. Because if we don't have our joy, we don't have our strength. So I want to encourage, and I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you share, Tam. But I just right now would like to encourage our listeners to redeem, to have redemption over the joy that has been stolen from you. Because, see, that joy belongs to you. Remember, repurchase of captured goods. The enemy has come in and tried to capture and to steal your joy, and it is time for you to take it back so that you are strengthened in the things of God, so that you're not vulnerable to the effects and the devices of the enemy, so that you don't fall prey to his wicked devices. So that you don't fall prey 
to making a situation more important than the value of a person's life. It's it, it it's it's a deep thing. It's a deep thing. And, and one thing I know about God, and, and I have never, I've never been able to get around this. It, it's like when he has me preparing to give a word to somebody, I must, I have to walk that word out before I can deliver it. He always makes me walk it out first. He makes me embrace his word first. He makes me embrace his directive first before I can tell it to somebody else. So please hear me. There, There is no downplaying on of your emotions right now or, or to try to make you feel bad because maybe you didn't have that forgiveness in your heart for somebody that you were caught up more into what that person did than to who that person was. See, I know my son, and as I talked to him, I tried to explain to him because he was so caught up and the enemy had lied to him so much that actually he took us that loved him most as his enemies because he thought that we looked at him as the dregs of the earth because of some things that he did. And what I had to explain to him was that, no, baby, see, what you don't understand is we know who you are. We don't understand what you have done because we know who you are, because we know you are that one that will give your shirt off your back to somebody. We know you are that one. You are like a pie piper. People are just drawn to you. We know your heart. We know how much you love. We know how much you care. We know how much you give. That's what we know about you. What we don't understand is the actions that you have done of late because it's not who you are. But the enemy had lied to him and told him we saw him as the lowest of the low, which was not true. But the enemy had used that lie to rob him of his joy. And when my pastor spoke over us, I both pastors at two different points in time during the service, both of them spoke the same thing. You were at a place where you wanted to take your own life. They both spoke that to him. And he agreed. And it just like it broke my heart because I knew that it was what the trick of the enemy had tried to do. But thank God for his prayers. Thank God for his love and his kindness and his caring and, and his steadfastness to his word because he made me a promise. 30 years ago about that young man, he made me a promise. And he has kept it because he has kept him no matter what. No matter what. So we have to get to a place of redemption, of recognizing that it is not in our own worthiness that we are redeemed, but it is because we belong to him. We belong to God. And all he is doing is taking back what belongs to him. And because we were created in his image and in his likeness, we too have the ability to take back what belongs to us. He gave us his joy. So therefore it belongs to us. So we have the right to go take it back, to redeem it, to redeem it, and not allow the lies and the trickery of the enemy to keep us alienated from the love of God. Because he said nothing and no one would ever pluck us out of his hand. He meant that. Nor death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nothing would ever pluck us out of his hand. He meant it. He meant it. And he loves you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you so much that he came down out of heaven to pay the price for your sins in the flesh so that you could continue to have right standing and relationship with him. So I just, I, I, I'm just, I'm in a place of awe 
of the sure mercies of God that covers us no matter where we are, no matter what we do, no matter where we go. His sure mercies are yet there, and they are covering us. Sis, I'm going to give it to you now. I'm just overwhelmed because I hope that the listeners understand that it's a mom thing. And I, too, know what you're talking about. I have a, I call mine, not yours, but mine a wild child. And I just thank God for every moment that he's allowed me to get through the things that she's done and I've done and he's taken me through. I'm going to write my book now, and I realize that the Holy Spirit is giving me different parts. A lot of times we get hurt and we get disappointed because of our expectations of that person. And it is really all about their expectations for themselves. But I thank God for his redemption. His redemption Mm. is his mercy that's everlasting. I'm one that has been redeemed in many different ways. I thank God that he looked past our faults and he see our needs. I thank God for honoring our prayers when we feel they have not been heard because they don't happen in the time that we want them to, but God answers them right on time. I thank God for that. You know, I hear you because not only are you my sister in Christ, I love you. I know the one you're talking to and the very ones of the heart that has been broken and the misunderstanding. And we have to understand, you guys, that why do we hold things against people when things are going on within ourselves? We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And my pastor spoke a couple of Sundays ago. When you have mercy, God will show you mercy. Mm. When you have compassion, God will show you compassion. That's in the word of God. Things happen, we're hurt. But what's really hurt? Our disappointments and our expectations of what we felt about that person? Or is it really offending or hurting us. I don't try my best not to judge people. I don't know about anybody else because it seems like the minute I do, it comes right back to me. Yeah. God shows me myself. And I thank God for constantly keeping me humble, for his mercy endures forever. Yeah. Because I'm not perfect, you guys. Nobody's perfect out there. Mm-mm. Church people, you know what? Church people, we need to really stop playing. Mm. We play mm. church and we act church and we do church, but you, you know what? Come, come on with it. Bring it to me, and I'll be the first one to answer it to you. We act like we're so all this and all that. We forget that people fall short and they sin. Yeah, but I had to ask a person that I love very much a question. Don't you want that person to be saved? Mm. He's mm. the God of everyone, not just us, not just church mm. people, not just the ones, because I promise you, the minute you think you're doing everything perfect, mm. that's when you're sinning the most, because now yes. you're caught up in vainness yes. and self-glory. We have to forgive. We have to love and move on. I'm going to put it out there. I hadn't seen my daughter in a year and a half. She came home the day before 4th of July. Man, it was a definitely a treat <laughs> and definitely some stuff. But I realized I'm her mom and I love her. I had to open up my arms and say how much I love her. And I can't allow anyone to hurt her because she's my baby. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care if anyone else understands that. Hmm. I don't care if anyone else likes that. You know, my sister don't understand. I talk to her sometimes about her son, her only son. And she don't understand that the reason why I have so much compassion and mercy because I'm a mom. 
Mm. And I have a child that does his own thing. But don't judge anyone because yours is acting right. You still mm. got grandkids. <laughs> and you still got other people around you. Yeah. Show mercy and God will have mercy. Show compassion and God will show compassion on you. Love people spite of. We don't know how we get to a place sometimes. I've been there, you guys. I've been out there. Woo, have I been out there. And when I looked up, I didn't even realize how I got there. I just knew I was there. Mm. And everyone that I loved judged me, talked about me, did all kinds of things. I, I couldn't understand that. See, the reason why it's hard for people to come out from where they are because they don't feel like they have anywhere to go. And the reason why people stay out there and sin as long as they do, because they don't want to put up with the judgmental spirits that we church people have. Hmm. We think because we go to church every day that we don't fall short, we don't sin, that, oh, how could it be? How can that person act like that? How can that person do what they do? I did it before, and God showed me. I failed. I fell far, and it let me know, ooh, it's so easy to sing. Yeah. It is. It it's is. hurtful and it's painful, but it, it's easy to fall, you guys. It is. That doesn't mean that you stop loving them. It doesn't mean that you stop caring. Just ask God to give you the spirit of compassion. So when it does take place, you understand. I love you, sis. I love you for being a mother. There's something being a mother. We can make a show on that alone. Some yeah. about being a wife. We can make a show on that alone. Some oh, about Lord. being a friend. We can make a show on that alone. There's something mm. about being a child of God. We can make a show on that alone. Yeah. We can pick many multifacets, you guys. Come on. Understand what we're saying. It's not because we're just talking. Because we lived it. I'm a mom that's been scorned by my children. I'm a mom that felt like I've been hurt. But I realized something. I'm only hurt because of my expectations of them, of what I thought. I never gave them the chance to live and love them for who they are. I only loved them for what I thought they should be. Mm. So, now I, so now I understand. Amen. Wow. That's, you know what, that's a deep revelation. That is such a deep revelation, Tanya, because so many people fall prey to that. You know, that was one of the things that my son said to me. It was like, you know, everybody has this false um, expectation of who I'm supposed to be, and they put me in this mold, and I'm supposed to do no wrong. And I said, no, therein you are incorrect. You're incorrect because none of us are perfect. None of us can ever boast of never falling short. That is why we need the mercies of God every day, okay, every day. You know, nobody is trying to to make you be who you're not. The key is we know who you are. We know who you are. And that's like God you know, that guy's like, I know the plans I have for you because I created you. Like he told Jeremiah, before your mother knew you in her womb, I knew you. And so we we fight and we wanna we we wanna rebel against the things that are sometimes expected of us, even in, in our walk with God. But God is steadily saying, no, but you forget, I know who you are because I created you. And I put special things within you. You know, you think about it, I think it's the it's either the preamble or the Declaration of Independence, one of those documents for this country, that we have inalienable rights from our creator. And and even in that, it's like America doesn't even realize the depth of what that means. 
You know, they don't even understand that when when God orchestrated that to be part of the founding fathers declaration toward the people of America, God breathed that in because God was saying, I am your creator and I have given you specific rights. And, and guess what? When we recognize the truth and the depth of the rights that we have been given by God because of him, cre- because of his creation of excuse me, of us, if we could ever just really embrace, you know, what what that means, then no longer will we walk as second-class citizens in a world that's temporary, okay? We're a temporary dwelling place, and we get so caught up in the things and the cares of this temporary dwelling place that we forget about our eternity, our eternity. You know, we get caught up in, oh, so-and-so did such-and-such to me. I ain't talking to them right now. Really? (laughs) How long is that going to last? Because this is a blip, a blip, like a batting of the eye on the scope of eternity. So how long are you going to allow this? And it doesn't mean that when people do you wrong that you don't acknowledge. Yes, you acknowledge, but you don't hold on. You don't allow it to change the trajectory of your destination because you're too busy holding on. What kills me, this is what gets me. We'll be quick as the quote-unquote children of God. We're going to pray and we're going to fast and we're going to believe God for this, that, and the other while we're running around with unforgiveness in our hearts. I believe the word said, no, no, no. Don't even come. Don't even bring your praise to me. Don't even bring your gift to me. But doesn't he say that, though, sis? Doesn't the word of God say that? Yes, you sit there and you ask God to forgive you for gift. your sins, right, I'm but sorry. you can't forgive others for what they've done, yeah. then your prayers right. are unheard. They're unanswered. Right. right. And we got to understand that. That's a hard thing for all of us. I'm one. I'm going to put myself out there like that. How far can we go when it comes to um, forgiveness? You mm. know, we say we can forgive this and forgive that. How far can we go? You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I've seen the situation where a friend of mine husband has several affairs and I was the, the friend to go Woo, the hell you say you know, hey. I understand the first time but the second I'm time, third one. time, fourth time fifth time oh no I'm not going to lie to y'all I was a friend to say girl run for your life and when she stayed no, I, I'll take I you kinda, a step further I was that one that would be like come on we getting ready to go do something right now okay <laughs> what no, you I'm ain't telling everybody. Do it no, you guys don't know. Right. I was trying not to go there because we live in a, you know, we live in a, um, we getting ready to go to the two, you know, the 20th century of even stronger. Now I'm sitting there going, girl, the hell you say? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I would not go through all that and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that because I notice God makes me do things that I just say I'm not going to do. And then he makes me do it and I'm not going to lie to y'all. I feel like a fool. Because I'm like, I ain't going to forgive that person. And he said, forgive him. Why? I told you guys once before a story. I was coming out the break room. The Lord, the Holy Spirit said, go back in there and hug her. I ain't hugging her. She's evil. I ain't hugging her. She don't speak hmm. to nobody. She don't say nothing to nobody. I ain't even trying to feel all that, Lord. That's the conversation I'm having with the father. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, go back in and give her a hug. I went, oh, mm-hmm. wait. Wait, why me? Let somebody <laughs> else hug her. You know what I'm saying? She's evil. Mm-hmm. And I turned back around and I had to say to her, I'm giving you a hug right now. She kind of acted like she was a little standoffish, you guys. And I said, this is a church hug. I am not that way. I don't even swing that way, shorty. So let me give you a church hug because the Lord told me to hug you and love on you. And we did. And she embraced me. And we've been mm-hmm. different since. Wow. So what I'm saying to everybody is, Ooh. You know, a lot of us, I believe in my heart, don't want to be for the Lord because there's certain things we say we ain't even giving in to. Hmm. You didn't do this, you didn't did that to me. I ain't even trying to fill all that. But see, don't. it's nothing like a mother. I remember no. Mother Axton saying to us one, one time to me, sis, and I said, Mom, why are you putting up with all that? 
He doing this and he doing that. She said, that's the same thing my son said. That you don't know what it's like to be a mother. Hmm. Until you know hmm. what it's like to be a mother, you can never say My God. My but, God. Uh, and let me say to you, you guys, please hear me. She showed a love unconditionally that Christ showed to us. And I'm sure God has said to the devil many times, see, you don't understand. I paid the price. I stayed on the cross so they can be redeemed by my blood. So they can understand that no matter what they've done and what they feel about themselves, they've been redeemed. And I bought them back with a price. Mm. That no one can possibly ever pay. I don't know about anybody else. I don't know if I'm killing myself for somebody else. You can have all that. I'm not there. Don't nobody ask me to be there. If God take me to another place, amen. I love y'all. Peace out. However you may feel about me. This is what the show is called. Let's keep it real. Mm. Okay? Period. Mm. But to lay down your life. As a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice. Let me tell you something. Here's my thing. This is what gets me about the redemptive power of God, since we're dealing with redemption. Not only, like what you're saying, maybe, maybe I will sacrifice myself for somebody else. Maybe. Depends on the situation. I'm going to be honest. Depends on the person, probably. I'm going to be honest about that, too. Probably not with these thick neck crazy people that, you know, God did it for. Uh, probably not, you know, because like, no, I don't believe them to be worth it. But here's what got me. Not that he not just was willing to lay his own life down. He sacrificed his son, his son. Now, that's a whole different ball game. Like, I might Amen. allow you to take me. But my baby, uh, no, we ain't going like that. Mm-mm. No, we ain't going you out like know. that. I know. One thing I know about you, y'all better hear it. She tell them the truth. You Mm-mm. know what? <laughs> she takes on a different turn when it comes to her baby. She's definitely Mm-mm. like a lioness with her cub. She'll eat you up. Man. Mm-mm. That's real. So that's what, kid, that's, that's what gets me about the love of God. That's powerful what you're saying. But you know what? What you don't understand is that you were telling the story about your baby. You know, I'm being honest with you, who out there that's listening right now don't have the same compassion. You know, God puts different things in our lives, and I thank God he allows us to feel what he felt and to be able to savor his spirit of forgiveness. I thank God for that, that he loves us so much that Mm. even though it's hard, he allows things to happen in our lives so we can continue to have compassion and love and forgiveness in our hearts. I don't want to get to the point in my life where I feel like I can't do that. I don't want to not feel because then you're lost and I believe. My heart, you're lost when you can't feel that. I love him because he first loved me. Yeah. I love him because he first forgave me. Again, Mm. people, listen. Redemption is paying a price to be redeemed, to be bought back. And nobody's saying that if uh, somebody hurts you, you got to go back to them. I'm not telling y'all that. You better listen. You better pay attention, Elder, because me, T, Tanya Roberts, I ain't telling you that. If God leads you, you keep going on, but I'm saying forgive. Hmm. I'm not telling you to stay in a situation that's been abusive, but I'm saying learn how to forgive. Not to get back in bondage, but the price of forgiveness is to be redeemed and to move on. 
so you can be blessed. You know what, Tanya? I'm not and, and I don't mean, anybody I don't mean to stop your so, thought, but, but think about what you just said. And I just think that you need to reiterate on what you just said. Because people confuse forgiveness with having to stay in the midst of a situation. Just because I forgave you does not mean I have to subject myself for you to continually abuse me. I am forgiving you because I need to be able to go on in life. I need to be right with my father. So therefore, I have to forgive you. Forgiving you does not mean I have to play a fool and allow you to continue to abuse me. Forgiveness is, I don't have to keep you if you want to keep playing the game that's up to you you better take that down take your show like a circus on the road okay because what i'm saying is forgive that person so they they will know the love of christ and you would know the love of christ and forgiveness that you can move on with your life and be blessed yes i will not tell anyone anymore because, see, when my grandmother and him used to tell me to forgive, I had someone cheat on me, you guys. I know what it's like. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. And I remember them saying, forgive him. I was like, ooh, if I forgive that nigga, I wish I would. Mm-hmm. And I, y'all don't even know I went to another level because I was younger with it. But I realized that when God brought it back around and something happened to him and God brought that enemy back, so he can be my footstool. When I thought I wanted something bad to happen to him, all I can do, thank you, Jesus, for the compassion of Christ to forgive him. And you know, all I can say is, is there anything that I can do for you? What can I do for you? Because the love of Christ is compassion. And I thank God, I could not be where I am right now if I didn't. See, that's what's wrong with people. So okay, they hurt you. So okay they did this. So okay they did that. Mm-hmm. But learn how to forgive that person and move on in your life. If you want to stay, stay. Who cares what people say? That's why I tell people, don't tell everybody your business. Because mm-hmm. if you stay, then your friends that you didn't talk to about this nigga, mm-hmm. we think you stupid. And okay. you decide to stay. Now you being crossed in between this relationship because we looking at you upside your head like, if you yeah. don't stop playing. And you looking at us like, I still love him. And we're looking at you like, that ain't what you said about him. Well, that's mm-hmm. what my grandmother said. I don't want you to call me, baby, and tell me nothing about such and such. And I said, but grandmama, no. Call me when you're done. Mm-hmm. Because, see, then you wonder how come when you're back with him and everybody else looking at him upside his head like he's crazy and we don't like him no more. And now <laughs> you cross because now you want to love on him. That's your business. That's your business. That is your business if that's what you want to do. But don't mm-hmm. expect us to feel the same. And just because we church right. people, yeah, don't expect us to feel the same. But I want you guys to know that we love you, and we're only taking our experiences. All I'm saying to you is, if you're not a mother and you don't understand what we're talking about, when you become one, you will. Don't expect us as parents to not forgive our children that we birthed out of our bodies, we carried, we labored for nine, almost ten months in our lives, not to love and have compassion. And I believe that God birthed us first into his womb and he gave life to us and life more abundantly and that's I'm so grateful why he has so much love and compassion oh glory I love you guys and I Mm. want you guys to be blessed amen 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 this this has been this has been real (laughs) this conversation has been real um and and again that's what we do we share we are transparent we share the realness of life, real talk on real issues. These are the realness of life issues. You know, we, we I don't ever want you as our listeners to get a, a thought in your mind that, oh, well, yeah, so they, they've arrived. So, you know, they just feel like they can talk and they can do this, that, and the other. No, baby, the, the, the testimony I just gave you just happened, okay? It's like just happened. So, you know, we walk through situations and circumstances. What Tanya just shared with you about her daughter just happened last week. What I shared just happened this week. It's like it's on through till today. (laughs) Okay. It's like we want you to recognize and understand that we do not have this thing all together called life. But what we do have is an earnest 
real, true, unmerited, oh my God, relationship with God the Father. And when I say unmerited, I mean that the grace that he shows forth to us is unmerited. He does not have grace upon us. He does not love us because we have earned it. We have not. He loves us in spite of, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our failures, in spite of our frailties. He yet loves us. And so what we want you to recognize and understand is that he does that to us so that we can do it for others. We share with you today the heart of a mother, but that's the heart of God. The flip side of that is the heart of a father who will be that protector, who will lay his life down for his child. The mothering side, the, one of the names of God is El Shaddai, and El Shaddai means many-breasted one. It means that God still allows us to, to partake of nourishment from him. You see, God is neither male nor female. If you read the word, we, we attribute him to being a man or a ma- of male gender. Let me put it that way. We attribute him to that because we most likely um, draw to his protective and his covering powers. But his heart is the heart of a mother that can never let go. The word says, and he said it specifically, he said, could a mother ever forgot her child that sucked at her breast? Then nor can I forget you. You see, God is that that person, that entity. He's not even a person. He's an entity that could never forget us, could never leave us in our sin and in our mess and in our mire, can never kick us to the curb because we make a mistake. We walk through things, and though weapons are formed against us, the word didn't say they wouldn't be formed. They said that they would not prosper. We get set up in life. We think things are going to go one way and it goes another, but yet and still, God is yet with you. He has redeemed you back unto himself. And that's the gist of this, this broadcast, to help you to recognize and understand just the depth and the totality of the love that God has for you. I hope Amen. you got something. I pray you I do. I pray so too. Amen. 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 You know what? We we serve a God. You know, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I used to be selfish. I'll tell you guys that all the time with God. I only wanted him to bless me and love me. I didn't I didn't know. I put him in the box. But I want everyone to be saved and everyone to love and everyone to forgive because I want you to forgive me if I fall short. Hmm. I want someone to love me in spite of my indifferences. My God sister Colette that you're talking to on the phone, I've put people through a lot when I was out there. I didn't realize it in my mess. But if they didn't love me, if they didn't pray for me, if they didn't care for me, I would not be here today. So, you know, again, if you want compassion, show someone compassion. If you want love, show somebody love. If you want a a friend, then be a friend to someone. If you want loyalty, then be loyal to someone. If you want whatever it is, be the same to that one. And even though the results may not come back right away, Continue to be so, and I truly believe God will put you in the midst of what you pray for, harbor for, labor for, and love for, for as long as you have. In the name of Jesus, I pray that upon all you guys' life, whoever is listening, those are not listening, in the name of Jesus, I love you guys, and be blessed. And when you be blessed, and you can be a blessing to someone else. And when you're positive, you can be positive to someone else and love God first. And then you can love everyone else the same. Amen. 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 Well, that's the show for today. God bless. I pray that you will share it. You know, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that needs to know that they're not walking this thing alone. That there are others that walk through the trials and the tribulations that they encounter. But that there is a God. He is the God. The supreme being who has redeemed you back unto himself. And it is now Amen. time to embrace his love, 
and allow him to walk you through every situation. God bless you. I Amen. love you, my sister. I love you, beautiful. You guys be blessed. Have an incredible week. You too as well, beautiful. Let's keep it real.